Shalom, everybody, to the Unexpected Cosmology. My name is Noel Joshua Hadley, and I am here tonight with Andrew Hoy. Now, Andrew was on with us, I don't know, I've lost track of time, a couple months ago. Most of you uh, probably don't know that because we did not air that episode. And uh, some of you were were there for it. And, and now, uh, I'll say this, that th it has never happened at any other time before. Uh, it was... <laughs> I, I had to disregard the whole episode. It's just the the everything that could have gone wrong with the tech issues did that night. And at the end of it, uh, Andrew was a perfect gentleman. He did a great job. At the end of it, I felt terrible. I'm like, Andrew, we can't. I can't put this on YouTube. I can't put this online. It just I got knocked off twice. People were getting knocked off in the uh, offline in the the comments section, and we were robotic. And he had he had the. I think Andrew had the best signal of everybody. Uh, present that night. Anyways, here we are again. And for for many of you, Andrew needs no introduction whatsoever, but probably for a great many of you, uh, he actually does still. And uh, so I'm going to, before we get into it tonight, we talk about, you can see behind him, uh, his screen, he has a picture of the, the tabernacle in the wilderness. Uh, before we, that's the topic of the night. And before we get into that, Andrew, tell tell us uh, any contact information. Uh, you know uh, where people can find a website, Facebook, books, anything like that. Okay, I'll I'll do that in a second. But I guess I, I want to just throw out some irony here in that uh, here we're re-recording on what day is uh, the ninth of Av. Uh, so the ninth of Av in the, in the Hebrew calendar, uh, uh, you know, the, the ninth day uh, of the month of Av, uh, this is when all sorts of atrocities have been have happened through throughout uh, history with Israel. So uh, you have uh, that's when they the uh, the spies came back from the land and said that the land is no good, and that's the thing that uh, that really made the father irate to the point saying, okay, well you're not going in. Um, so they're like, oh, it's a scary place, and there's there's giants there and everything. But it was really saying that the land was no good that that made uh, made the father say, "You're not going in at all." And so that day's been again cursed in 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 history. If you look at that, um, and this is this is very connected to the temple as well. So here we are, you know, the projects chartered uh, to do tabernacle research and restoration, and so it's just kind of ironic here that this is you know our our re our re his ninth of Av, which is. When the first temple was destroyed and the second temple was destroyed, and uh, you know a lot of people don't realize that the the time apart between the first and second temple destruction, you know it's so, you know they say 586 B.C. and 70 A.D. Uh, well, if you if you recalculate that that time span uh, with respect to a 360 day year, which is a prophetic year, um, you know Bible, Bible uh, prophecy calendar again 360 days instead of 365 and a quarter. Um, you get 666 years apart in that span. So other things have happened interesting in, that, in this period. 1492, uh, the Spanish Inquisition started on that on that day. We've got more recently, um, this is uh, conjunction, uh, has happened with in, in conjunction with, uh, I guess World War, World War I started, you know, kicked off on that day. Uh, the Jews also, I think Crystal Knock was on that day, if I'm not mistaken. And then more recently, we've got... Uh, the uh, hurricane, hurricane Katrina, Katrina in the Gaza Strip. Um, so there's a lot of interesting history on that day. So I just think it's kind of cool that we're, we're uh, you know, reconnecting on that. So a couple, a couple other things because I was just looking this up. Uh, Andrew and I were talking about this earlier, about how when we were throwing out 
date uh, to do this reshoot. I, I just threw out there July 27th. They're just randomly, and I had no clue it was the night of Bob, and he's looking at go, huh, well, that's interesting. Well, a, a couple other things is that the, the Simon Bar Kokba revolt with Hadrian, he actually lost on the 9th of Av in 133. And the following year, uh, Hadrian, Emperor Hadrian, he went in, he, you know, like, guys, my theory on the, the, the Dome of the Rock is that my theory on the Dome of the Rock is that Hadrian built that. They tell you, they tell us the Muslims built that, but coincidentally, it is an exact match to the other temple to Baal that Hadrian built in Lebanon. And there is, there is no other uh, dome like that anywhere in the Islamic world. And so I just think that Hadrian built that. But anyways, he actually plowed over the temple mount in uh, 130, 134 AD on the 9th of Av. And also another interesting date is uh, you would talk about the Spanish Inquisition, 1492. Uh, also, according to the official narrative, the, the, the Jews were expelled from England in 1290 on the 9th of Av. So a couple other things to throw out there. Interesting day. And, uh, and World War III did not start today that I know of. I, I don't, I don't, I don't want to jump the gun because you never really know. We might wake up tomorrow morning and go, oh, it did start. But, uh, but to my knowledge, it has not started today. Yes, yes, sir. Um, and and uh, what was I going to say on that? Uh, so when we do the commandments, you know, this is, I think, the opportunity to reverse the curse. You know, so uh, this is the getting into the, the project you were asking before about the project. And so the project is about uh, tabernacle research and restoration. Uh, so first we need to, uh, you know, have it thoroughly researched. And then I also believe in the, the prudence of restoring it uh, by means of models, by means of uh, just in, in headspace. You know, that's kind of where it all begins. Um, and so that's what the uh, the project is, is founded for or, or founded upon. And so for those who are really, really unfamiliar with this, uh, it's called Project 314 because uh, I found more of the, the pi constant in Exodus 26, uh, 7 to 13. If you start looking at the curtains, uh, there's 11 curtains. There's 30 of them. One is folded in half. Uh, they, they measure 30 by 4 cubits. And if you, if you do the math, and as far as how that is around, that ends up being uh, 315 around. Well, well verse uh, 13, 26, 13 of Exodus says, you know, uh, take a little from here, a little from there, a cubit. And so I realized, like, this is a, a subtracting number with respect to the, uh, the curtain edge overlap. And so I'm like, I'm like oh, my, this is, this is 314. This is, this is pi. This is significant. And so um, I had known about a... Uh, um, you know the the laver um, for Solomon's temple was was built uh, with with the understanding of pi as well. If you look at the calculations of the the ID of the bowl and then then the the, uh, the hand span and the and the, basically on the rim thickness and everything like that, it works out to three fourteen. And everyone thinks you look at King James and it talks about three times uh, you know the 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 diameter of the circle of the, the relative to the circumference. And they're like ha ha ha. These Bible people don't even know pi when in fact that turns into 314 as well if you if you do the math on that so anyway that this is what the, the project is about so if you understand the paradigm shift the paradigm change and you understand some of the other details in the hardware in the description uh like there's things in english that don't make any sense like if, if you look at it, it says you know arrange these boards to the south side southward in english well in in uh, hebrew it's it's, it's uh negbab tamana um which is towards the south and towards the right which is clockwise 
And so we start to see all these wonderful little details in there that didn't make sense to them before. And so, you know, people think that I'm I'm just, uh, I guess, speculating or, or something like that. And this, this design is beyond speculation. Uh, some people have called me creative and it's like, this is not creativity. This is literalism, uh, you know, th thrown in your face here. So that's, that's how we get, uh, oops, this other side here. That's how we get this. And everyone thinks it's been this, you know, the 50 by hundred, I get a lot of like, well, you, you, it says 50 by hundred. They don't realize we're talking radius and diameter here. So, um, so that's in a nutshell, the discovery. Yeah. Now just to everyone, just to make this clear for anyone out there who hasn't caught on yet, this is, Andrew's baby. Now, I think like in the world of research today, we're so uh, used to just going on the internet and you just, you discover things on there. And it, like a lot of researchers just copy and paste and, you know, it just, you, everyone's kind of borrowing from each other and stuff like that. But if you can, if, if you can be an individual that wants one big discovery in your lifetime, that is original, unique, and a huge contribution to the world of research. If you can, you know, you can do that one thing, then you are really lucky. You are really fortunate. And this is just to make clear to everybody: this is something that uh, Andrew Hoy, like he's not, he's not just like, he's not just making this up. He's not just imagining this. Nor is he going to, you know, Wikipedia or some, you know, back alley in the internet and just copying and pasting this stuff. And so. Can you tell us a little, and maybe you kind of just did, but tell us a little bit about the discovery. I would be interested in hearing what actually led you to this to go, you know, that aha moment where you're like, wait a second, you know, because we've all grew up with this idea. You can see on stage left up here, the, the rectangular, uh, the uh, Tabernacle of the Wilderness. In fact, I went to a replica of the Tabernacle in the Wilderness Back in the 90s, uh, they somebody in Florida, uh, they put one up. It wasn't a full-scale model. It was maybe a quarter. I don't know what it was. Uh, but, uh, you know, that's what we all grew up with, the, the rectangular uh, tabernacle. So what actually led you to this discovery? Yeah, I was, I was working on a, a book where um, I, I was trying to study out cherubim. And saying, okay, what what is it with these cherubim things? And I was led to um, Exodus because the first real mention of cherubim is is in Genesis, of course, um, you know, within within the garden, and then the second one is is within the uh, the, the tabernacle space. Um, and so, um, you know, there's the law of first usage uh, in as far as words and etymology. Now, if you go and study the word cherubim, uh, lots of luck because I, I tell you this because. Every Bible in the world, um, you know, I can tell you right here now how they 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 have it translated, and and you know how that is. It's cherub or cherubim, and cherubim being the plural, cherub being singular. And when you see this in the Bible, they're they're tipping their hat and confessing that they don't know what it is. And so I started, uh, you know, questioning that that whole thing on the word study thing, and I I was trying to figure out. I because I, I read this book about uh, is it. Alfred de Gaza or something like that. This guy who was saying that the the Ark of the Covenant was some um, static electricity generator thing, and and I'm like looking at that. I'm like, eh, interesting idea, um, but how does this hold up? And so I started getting kind of intrigued by it's like you know being an engineer. It's like could this thing be you know be this electricity static electricity generating thing? And in in that assessment, you know, I'm thinking well. 
you have two curtain types that are dissimilar material, assuming that, you know, you, you got this, this goofy shoe box thing. They have a four layer roof, which doesn't make any sense from any standpoint. And um, if you look at these, these surfaces, you know, you'd have them uh, arguably rubbing together, rubbing over one. Well, if you want to make as much static electricity as you can, you take two dissimilar fabrics and you, you bump them around and rub them on, on, on each other. And this is how you're developing static charge. And so I'm like thinking, okay, we got this amount of area. And, um, and as I'm, I'm looking at that, I'm, I'm realizing that this, the way that they got these, these curtains inter, interrelated and staged, there's some people who think that the gold and the, there's golden woven into the curtains and the, the threads then somehow go into the Ark of the Covenant. I'm like, okay, well, that's interesting and all, but um, because it, it makes sense that you know, have a, a conductive path or, or whatever, but it's really this question, you know, is I kind of started looking into the generation of, of electricity, you know, probability or, or potential with that. And it's like, you know, I, I concluded that this thing is a static generator was, was just absurd. And, um, but along the way it was, it was the cherubim. So getting into the cherubim, I'm, I'm looking at the curtains and it's like, well, everyone has this all, all different. You know, my dad was an engineering professor and he used to uh, joke, he'd, he'd say FDB with TLC. So TLC is tender love and care, but FDB was said for free body diagram. In other words, just draw out whatever, you know, on paper, a little, little sketch so that you can start to articulate. So I kind of did that exercise, except for I didn't do it on paper, I did it on a spreadsheet. I'm kind of kicking the numbers around and, and this is why I realized that, you know, the, 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 the way that they normally st stagger all these things um, is, is uh, you know, they're, they're joining them all long edge to long edge. And then I, I kind of looked at the numbers, you know, just kind of glancing in my head. It's like, okay, well, if we're taking this 30, 30, 30, you know, these, these curtains that are all 30, and you are dividing, uh, or you are you're laying them out, and you're folding it lengthwise. You know, instead of turning into 42, because you had uh, 11 curtains, one folded in half, so you'd have 44 minus two. In this case, it's 315 because it's 30, or, or 30 uh, times 11. So 30 times 11 is 330 minus the folded is 15. So I just I thought, gee, that's close to uh, you know the pi constant. And then I saw that next verse. Uh, of uh, Exodus uh, 26, 13, and chill went up my spine. I'm like, oh my word, this is a correction. This is a one qubit reduction to take that 315 and to turn it into pi. And so that was the, the big, big eureka. And then, you know, there's other points along the way where uh, you get in Exodus 27 and it talks about these, uh, you know, the shoulders or the flanks of the, um, you know, it, it, it describes them as being the gate, but this is again, bad translation. And the dimensions of, of these, these gate posts were there was three, three posts for every 15, uh, for 15 cubit length. And I'm like, well, 15 times two is 30. We got these curtains that are 30. So it's like the, the text is actually starting to talk about your fabrics before it talks about the framing. And so once you realize that that's the, the game being played, you know, the parts come together different. The, the language suddenly makes sense. It's all harmony and it, it practically builds itself, so. All right, so now Andrew has a few books here. I'm just gonna go over this really quickly because this will go into my next uh, my new question. And uh, he's not going to be talking about this tonight, but I do want to plug this because this is really a great little read. Uh, you can see this right here on the screen, Eat Like Jesus. I think it's backwards on my screen, but whatever. Maybe it's not backwards on Josh's, but uh, where he, he takes us through the dietary practices of Messiah. Um, this here uh, is I, a, I actually 
I actually prove kosher all the way back to Genesis one in that in that book in uh, in chapter four anyway. But I just want to interject that, which is a I don't think anyone else has done that. But that's because they, they again the Hebrew. So yeah, and if we have if we have maybe time, I'll ask you a couple of questions from there. Uh, I just don't want to distract from the, the tabernacle. And then we have this here a the Exodus tabernacle uh, one uh, seventy five scale model kit is simply instructions and. Uh, I, <laughs> you should see me try to put together Ikea furniture. So um, there's that. And this here, I I don't know if you want me showing this. This is not published, right? That, that is technically unpublished because I, okay. I, I uh, well, okay. Well, this is, I'll just show you the thickness of this book right here. Okay. And this book right here, I'm, he, I guess he sent me an advanced copy and I, you know, went and looked through every page on here. And what he does is, I won't show you since it's unpublished. Break, break, but it, break, open, break it open to chapter one somewhere if you want. It's, uh, break it open to chapter one. Okay. We're in chapter one and show some chapter one pages if you like. Well, you can see here, this is the showing the typical uh, rectangular tabernacle. And, but what he does here, is breaks this down. I'm trying to see here a good page. Hmm. Well, yeah, well, we'll, just, we'll, just, we'll, we'll just jump on this here. Like you can see here, um, he goes through step by step and he, th he's showing you like the circular design. And then what he's going to do is he's going to show the, the poles going up and over and basically how amazingly the, the tabernacle looks like a yurt. If you, everyone can imagine like, you know, a Middle Eastern yurt, it, it looks pretty much like that. And he, he takes you through every page, just step by step, showing how he uh, came up with the design and how it all plays out. So so when you go through it, you're nobody's thinking, OK, he's just making all this up. Like as, as Andrew says, he's an engineer and he's thinking from a technical standpoint and he's taking you through the the instruction manual on putting this together and when you look at it it's like this makes sense like this, this makes total sense so that being said uh what sort of things do you have going on with this project project 314 uh in terms of publications i, I showed the model kit but you know, maybe you could talk about the models and uh, even some of the webinars you were telling me that you put on. Yeah, um, I, I guess starting into product line. So I, I apologize, I didn't have copies of the um, the House of El Shaddai, which that, that's one on Amazon right now. That's like, you know, it's 4.8, 4.9 stars. That's that's actually the workbook um, uh, for, for that. This one, that, that accompanies, this, one right, this one right here, right? Yes, yes. Yeah. It's a workbook that accompanies the book. So anyone who's like into uh, homeschooling or... or uh, you know, Torah study, all that kind of stuff is, it's a complimentary thing. I got, you know, PowerPoint. Um, so you can, you know, present this to a group yourself, um, as well as um, the PowerPoint kind of doubles as a self-study with guided links. You know, right now, actually, uh, Kim, Kim is on here. So Kim and I are, are, are working, you know, revamping this so that we can have this direct on the website. That's kind of a one ongoing activity. Um, you know, which is uh, just, I'm, I'm very excited to, to, see a lot of that stuff because you know this is uh you know the, the sound <laughs> i hate to have that the, the project is the sound of one one hand clapping you know the this is why i put you know project 304.org is is because you know with with you know the the original tabernacle wasn't built or restored by by one guy you know it's 
it's a community effort and this is you know I, i'm hoping that the people who who value Torah want to get back the commandments and everything like that see this as as worthy of, of being built a part of it is just understanding it because you know everyone is stuck in translation so um you know again this is why why uh, kim and i are, are, are focused right now and trying to um you know make a, a study tool that is uh you know sensible agreeable enjoyable you know all those things so we hope to have that uh on the uh online before too long anyway but um so that's kind of an ongoing effort um other things that are ongoing i'm i have a 175 scale model which noel showed the instruction manual for um so that that kit you can order that from my website right now um i've got some i've had some supplier issues with respect to uh oh material thicknesses and the like that have caused me some grief but um you know this is a that's a 40 page instruction manual how to do it so it's not just like uh you know i want to build this in two two hours a lego kit i mean you can get it together in two to three hours if you're if you're trying to not learn anything along the way but it's really designed as a interactive three-dimensional tool so this is it turns into a hands-on experience it, be, it becomes a learning tool that uh you cannot um you, you you cannot imagine the the difference in you being able to understand the things when you when you put you know fingers to uh materials um because because now suddenly the counts matter you know, it's like, well, why do we have 40 ribs? It's like, why do we have, uh, or, or rib beams? Why do we have 10 curtains here? Why do we have 11 curtains there? And so once you start to see the mechanics of the um, of the materials and the measurements and, and things like that, it's like, oh, oh yeah. So it doesn't seem nearly as speculative, nearly as theoretical because, um, you know, this thing here is is something that is built literally according to the Bible, this thing here, there's all sorts of gaps in interpretation and, and twists and turns on, you know, it's just some really terrible uh, exegesis, uh, inferences, uh, eisegesis, extrapolations, all that stuff. I mean, it's it's miserable. You start comparing, you know, all these models, and guess what? They they are all they all contradict each other, and everyone thinks it's the same because why? It's a big box, you know. It's like well, it's a big box. Everyone agrees on that, so everyone thinks that. You know common truth shared truth and majority opinion suddenly makes things right and it's like it doesn't work that way so um so the model is is you know something that's been near and dear to my heart be making this so that you know every everyday people can build this on their kitchen table um so again you can order that on the website right now um the uh but i, I haven't gone into full-blown promo mode um and trying to juggle a number of things here so uh, another thing that that uh, we've done is is an eighth scale model. We did an exhibit of, of that eighth scale model, um, which is uh, that's about seven feet tall and uh, twenty feet twenty two feet in diameter. Um, so seven twenty two is uh, you know the pi pi relationship if we're rounding here a, a ratio there. Um, uh, but there's there's also uh, you know we, we we are are working on planning uh, jigs and fixtures for a uh for a quarter scale plus when i say quarter scale plus now we're looking at something 50 feet in diameter and that's really the next uh you know stage and step ambitions of the project so um to be able to bring this to a sukkot events and and uh and conferences you know where you can do a walk-in um i joke about um uh you know the ken ham arc encounter thing you know it you know, on one hand, it is the days of it is unlike the like the end to the days of Noah. One could argue right now, 
Um, but all, the other side is like, well, we've been promised we'll never have a, another flood again. So I kind of joke and say, well, they, they spent a hundred million dollars on a on a boat that won't flood, float for a flood that won't happen. And so, you know, it is a it is a great witness. Uh, the the Ark Encounter thing, you know, testifying to like, yeah, this this is this could have happened. This is a, a for real thing. But the tabernacle would be, you know, kind of same ballpark. And that's if you're using gold and silver. So, you know, to to start to, um, you know, for, for us to be bearing witness, you know, this is bearing witness to the creator, to to his house, the way that he wanted it. You know, it's like we build ourselves all these churches. These churches aren't in the Bible. This is the only structure in the Bible that ever says, let's say it to the Lord, go build this thing and build it like this, you know. So that's what I, I find is, is very special about this and um, and why why we should endeavor to uh, you know do progressively more uh, closer to a real scale, real life models. So now you had mentioned uh, answers in Genesis. And of course, I've been to the ark out there and. What amazes me, because we're talking about instructions, right? Like you're you're piecing to this together based on instructions. It amazes me that uh, answers in Genesis and company, right? say Ken Ham and company, they look at Genesis uh, 6, 7, and they put uh, how how many millions? I don't know how many millions of dollars. I think you said 100 million? I, I don't know. 100, 100 million has gone into that place. So, yeah. Okay. And they put all that money into it, and they still couldn't get the details right. On the clean and unclean animals like they don't tell you that 14 giraffe went into the ark right they they conveniently look over that point and that of course goes into the whole idea of, of as you proved back in genesis that there were clean and unclean animals way before the abrahamic or uh, covenant or mounts you know uh, uh shrimp and and shellfish didn't suddenly become bottom feeders you know they didn't evolve into bottom feeders at mount sinai like it they were unclean before that but all right, so you're you're looking at uh you're, you said three hours to whip up the 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 seventy fifth scale. Uh, how long would it take you? Like if you were to take the the fourth scale, which is a future project, but you want to take it to Sukkot, how long would that take you to assemble something like that? Well, when you say you, you in the personal, um, you know the well, eighth okay. scale. Um, yeah, the the eighth scale. Uh, how would I say this? Um, the Eighth scale model, uh, I put that up myself, and I did it incrementally, going around and around. You know, um, uh, kind of ratcheting things up a, a layer, and, and and I was basically modeling um, because this goes back to I guess 2016. There was, um, you know, when Rob Skiba first had me on, um, you know, we were talking about this. So a guy was inspired and called and said, "Hey, I'd like to help build a model." And I'm like, okay, that'd be great. You know, he's a tool and die guy. I'm like, I'm all excited. And and, um, and so I start developing these drawings, which uh, which are articulating the, the detail down to the, you know, all the machining details and all. It's, it's just a lot of, you know, detail to try to convey to someone else who's doing the fabbing. If I'm not doing the fabbing myself, I got to be explaining a lot more and, and giving all these specifics. So I get all that together and he's like, well, how'd they put it up? And I'm like... What do you mean how they put it up they just put it up just leave me alone you know and i'm not, i'm kind of joking about that because it took me another um you know probably took me another four or six weeks to to come up with those plans and i don't i don't regret the fact that i've done it it, it speaks to credibility it also speaks to like there's certain details along the way which are not called out in exodus that you would need to account for it's like between 
you know, having having holes for, you know, pivot pins or winches and, you know, things like that, dealing with the mechanical event, you're, you're putting up a six story structure, you know, in the middle of the desert with no crane, you know, so how on earth do you get that up? Because it's part of the story and it's part of the, the, the credibility a feasibility study. And so when, when he challenged me in that, I'm like, okay, well, I'm, I'm going to do that. And um, uh, as, I, as I ran through it, I, I calculated literally how many Levi's you would need to have doing heave ho. You know, how many Levi's do you need on a rope? How many Levi's do you need pushing on a pole or, or whatever? Um, because it's, it's part of, they had 22,000 Levites hmm. and how many of these people are, are you know, mustering up the, the effort to do the work. So uh, with, with that, I made a whole, you know, detailed lifting plan showing that this is something that they could have done very easily in a day with a crew of, of three to 4,000 guys. It's um, <laughs> a lot of dudes. <laughs> it, it it is, and, and it it makes sense once you once you start seeing like later in numbers, it's like anyone who's not a Levite who comes near when they're you know setting this up shall be put to death. And you're yeah. like, oh boy, is that extreme? Oh, they're cruel. But it's like no, 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 no. That's not the way to see this. The, the see it is like if you got a little little joker around putting scorpions and grasshoppers and you know down people's back, thinking it's funny to. You know, all it takes is, is a, a breaking of concentration. You know, look at the Amish uh, raising barns and stuff like that. They have all the people with their little ant legs, you know, lifting this whole structure and floating it around. It, it's a similar thing. It's like once you start to uh, disrupt that process, you know, it could be lethal, fatal for thousands or, you know, hundreds of people at least as, as all this, this stuff is collapsing upon them. And um, in the New Testament, there's reference to Shiloh. It's like, well... You know, when the, the tower at Shiloh fell was, you know, was it because they were evil or, or whatever? And, um, you know, it's kind of like, that's kind of a no, never mind. I, I think they could have been neglecting it or abusing the tabernacle. I think that could be a tabernacle reference, to be honest, um, to, to the collapse of, of the tabernacle in a state of disrepair or what have you. So um, that's just speculative on my part. I can't prove that. But I think that's what that's referring to New Testament wise. But that that's fascinating. I never thought about that for now. Last weekend, I I put up a floor to ceiling. So my living room, it's a like a double, you know, two story to the roof, uh, the living room. It's it's huge. And I put up a, a wall bookcase all the way to the top. And it was the same thing. It wasn't like as extreme with my children, like anyone who disturbs their father will die. But it was it was pretty, I mean, it's like my children weren't catching on and they had like this video camera out and they're like getting up in my face, like videotaping and, and my wife could see it. And she's like, put down the video camera and step out of the room. Because <laughs> I was like, yeah, I was getting ready to like, you know, say some uh, some words i would regret uh but i could so i could totally see that you know they're trying to put it up as like just leave them alone anyone who disturbs them you know okay so they're putting this up and i'm noticing that the height difference and you had mentioned it's six stories tall which is big i mean that's a that's a tall building six stories uh i would imagine you you could i i don't know if you could see that all the way because the camp was what uh uh 10 miles wide or uh, 12, 14, how, how long would you say the camp was? Um, you, you know, that is a reasonable range. You know, you, you have to start uh, putting uh, numbers to paper at some point with these things. And, um, you know, if I look at, you know, what, if anyone looks at the size of a condo or an apartment or, or uh, in this case, you yeah. equate it to tent, like, okay, well, if they're living in, in yurts, let's say they're living in yurts, small, you know, um, 
because after you've been in, in the wilderness for a number of years, so I don't think he was always arid, you know, this idea of uh, midbar, um, everyone presents this as if it's desert, you know, Saudi desert, arid, um, was the Saudi, uh, you know, area, was it that barren years ago where there was zero wood? You know, there's there's wood in the hills. You know, there's pine. Uh, you know, there's there's pine species growing growing in the, that area. So, um, not only would they probably use that for the tabernacle, but for building their own shelters as well. Um, you know, they have flocks and herds, and and you know, were they using uh, something? Were they harnessing leather? Did you know what did they bring along? At, at what point were they just sleeping out under the stars versus uh, in shelters? And once they have shelters, like how how much room between you and your neighbor? Um, there's there's the commandment bake what you're going to bake you know boil what you're going to boil or, or whatever in um, in uh, with respect to the Sabbath with respect to uh, the manna right so if they're all cooking you know it's like well how many people do you want to have cooking in a you know as far as proximity there's a lot of camps and fires and then then you get human waste disposal and and, and so forth and so on so you can start you know assuming certain population densities. You know, there's there's the, the case in Deuteronomy where I want to say it's it's the poop, the people of uh, you know the Moab uh, Moabites or whatever. It's like there's they're like these people they they look up land like grass, you know, the, or like the ox. Right. So so the fact that they get this horde coming through, they're 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 basically probably depleting every resource if they're if they're in higher density. Hmm. So I think that's very reasonable if a five mile radius or, or 10 mile diameter or, or possibly more if you look at a city you know i, I live near milwaukee milwaukee's uh 587,000 or so you know and if you look at the, the the three counties around it um you know that is uh uh you know it's it's one and a half two million or whatever and if if so that's a really uh, comparable case study you go down near the lakefront to see fireworks and everyone is just descends on the lake and and you start to get some some uh, real equivalence as far as a, a scale of of crowd and people. So yes, uh, well, you, you know, you start spacing out that far. So I I was trying to envision this because so when I said like twelve miles, so if if the tabernacle is in the center, and it with these measurements, like the furthest you would be out is like six miles away from it. I mean, if you were like on the outskirts outskirts of the overall camp, right? I mean, we're just estimating here. And I'm trying to imagine like how far back you could see this thing because I'm imagining all these little yurts, you know, uh, hundreds of thousands of these little yurts all around, uh, which makes total sense, right? Because, you know, like if we had all these yurts and all of a sudden we had a rectangle, like, like no, it's, it looks like a giant, a giant yurt, you know, and uh, in the center there, how far away you could see this thing. Uh, but the question I, I wanted to ask is because if everyone can look behind Andrew and you see the, the the little rectangular the box as he calls it, and then the yurt, what's the what's the size difference in height between the two? Well, this this would be ten cubits tall because all these these uh, boards which are for the wall and and it's it's literally um, well uh, there there's. The way that they interpret those those boards, that they they use boards that are three times heavier than than what is used in the actual, because they're inferring two dimensions. And when I say two dimensions, of course, when you go buy a, a two by four, you're buying a two by four. Well, is that a stud for a wall or is that an eight footer? You know, so is it ninety two inches or ninety? You know, um, uh, I'm trying to think between ninety two ninety six. Um, you know, or a full ninety six, whatever. So when we have this. Um, uh, this board, th these boards, it says it's 10 cubits by one 
and one half. And it's like, oh, do you mean 10 by one by one half or 10 by one and a half? Well, they force it into 10 by one and a half to, to match the rest of their stupid curtain uh, overlay paradigm. And so you get them assuming that this is a fabric wall structure with these big, heavy, thick walls. I mean, if you look at that, well, I shouldn't even say that because they're still assuming two dimensions. So some of them just assume they're boards and planks that are like a couple inches wide. And these are like big, uh, big panels of, of wood standing on end, planks of wood standing on end uh, side by side by side. And then Rashi actually is, is saying that they're, you know, one cubit by one and a half or you know, something like that. And it's, it's just enormous. It would, it would make one of these beams, uh, if you're using a 25 inch cubit, make, make these beams 6,000 pounds. That's three tons. Uh, so that's like as much as like, a, you know, a fairly heavy car. Um, and I'm saying that they're three times lighter because they don't realize that the, the, the Hebrew says it's, it's 10 by one by one half. So we've got length with height. And um, this is something that uh, you, you need that detail to build. You know, there's some things that are only given in two dimensions, but the, the third dimension is then inferred or able to be calculated based on other things. It's a lot of precept upon precept. So this is what they, they don't, they can't understand. They don't understand because they're going with the wrong paradigm. So, Okay, one last, one last thing before I move on to the, the question on everybody's mind. An observation on everyone's mind, probably. But I do want to ask you, because the, the 75th scale, you mentioned it's 400 pieces in the kit. So if I were to take part, if I were a Levite, and I'm building this thing out of the wilderness, uh, assembling, you said, like 30,000 people or something, uh, how many pieces would this be to put it together? Um, it, I, I mean, just an estimate. I know you probably don't know. It's probably not in front of you. Just if you had an estimate. Estimate. No, I, I've I've calculated it, and it's it's in the it is in the four hundred range. Okay. Um. So what what I cannot do is scale things infinitely small or infinitely. What you can scale things infinitely large, but not infinitely small. In other words, wood grain doesn't scale down perfectly. Neither does fabric, and neither do little gold buttons. So little gold buttons, you know, those are exceptions. So I have them represented by, uh, you know, by graphical by by printout. I do not have uh, 50, 50 little buttons of, of gold in the kit. You know, these are a few small exceptions, but but in general, you know, for the courtyard, if it if it says there's 11 curtains, I got 11 curtains. If it says that it's 20 posts on the south, 20 on the north, I got 20 on the south, 20 on the north. So I'm trying to be as diligent as I can with respect to replicating the quantities um, as well as the functions, you know, where I can in that kit. Um, so I hope that I could tell it's somewhere over, over, over 400 and less than 500, as I recall. So now I want to put a reminder out there to those listening in right now. And I said it before we went live, but if you have any questions for Andrew uh, regarding the tabernacle, regarding his research, regarding anything historical related to it, please write it in here and I will be sure to ask him those questions. And for those of you who were here last time, uh, well, we did a recording that obviously I didn't put online. Uh, some of you would ask questions. If you want to repeat those questions, you're, you're please write it in again, and uh, I'll be sure to ask them. Now, cosmology, that's the, the one that comes up a lot. And I'm wondering if you could indulge us more on the cosmological connections and anything related to the 
how it relates to the zodiac and and so on well i'm gonna I'll start with Hebrews. So I, I guess for a point of reference, you had asked before about, you know, products and publications. One of the other things that I, I have are, are uh, uh, you know, I, I do webinar. And so um, I do that, you know, either twice a year or, or right now I'm kind of looking to try to up that, uh, you know, that, that run frequency. Uh, right now it's a seven part series. When I say seven parts, typically the discussions anywhere between hour and a half and two hours, I shouldn't say discussions, the presentations. And from there, you know, we've we've done, you know, I've had marathon chats after going up to like, you know, making the whole session, you know, eight or nine hours <laughs> straight. So, um, you know, getting into the the a level of of material, the quantity, the relevant quantity to be discussed on this, the the number of paradigms that this opens up. You know, you mentioned cosmology, but there's there's you know human anatomy uh, in this thing like you would not believe. Um, there is uh, Christology, there is uh, numerology, gematria, you've got paleo, paleo study, all sorts of things. And this is, uh, to, to some degree, it is, I think, the Rosetta Stone of, of Bible and interpretation and in, in, in a lot of different things. Um, so a lot of things are being conveyed through this uh, anomaly of the two-chapter Bible, you know, two-chapter Bible description, which seems kind of casual. I tell people with respect to the curtains, and it's like, oh, well, who cares that the curtains are three colors, and who cares that the curtains have 50 loops and all these things? But it's like there's the idea that there's no idle words in Scripture. You know, I get this a lot of like, like, what's it matter? What's it matter? And it's like, can you imagine telling that to the Almighty? He says, hey, build me this thing and make it like this, that, and the other thing. Well, I don't think it matters. Is it a salvation issue? Um, you know, these, this is this is where it, it, it keeps coming back to me. It's like, well, it doesn't matter what the shape is. It only matters that, you know, it says who? It says you? You know, these are people who don't understand that the, the Peshat, the symbol of this structure in itself. So I have to, uh, you know, speak to the ridiculousness of those claims and, and maybe preemptively, you know, to anyone who's who's listening, who's who's skeptical and scoffing and saying, you know, shrugging their shoulders, saying there's nothing else to see here. Um, so I this think, isn't one hit wonder, but I think you've heard me say before that my least favorite question that I get asked is, "Is this a salvation issue?" And I've stated in the past that it's like my answer is, "Well, everything to me is a salvation issue. Everything," because I mean, you you said it really uh, eloquently, but the the idea is is that is if, if we're claiming that we want to spend an, e an eternity with Mashiach, with Yahushua HaMashiach, as well as our Heavenly Father, it's like, it's like well, what is the Father's nine-to-five job? What, is, what does it look like? What does he do? What is he like? What is his character like, right? What are, what are the things that are interesting to him? You know, he, he has these uh, – I don't want to go off topic, but just – Really quickly, I got really excited yesterday because these Jehovah's Witnesses came to my my door and they knocked and I went out there and I talked to them. For We had a long, very animated conversation. They loved it, by the way. They're like, I think they were feeling like the first for the first time they were getting like challenged and they were like really into it. And I was, too. And they, they we were in agreement. Like they were like they were agreeing with me that they don't celebrate birthdays. They don't celebrate um, uh, uh, holidays because they're like, this is all pagan. I'm like. Awesome. We're all in agreement. It's pagan. But I'm like, okay, so you guys shun this pagan stuff. But did you know that Yahuwah has these these uh, seven holy days that he invented in his mind, that he instructed in scripture that he wants us to follow? And they just looked at me like, you know, like, 
dumbstruck. And um, and that's the whole thing, right? It's like if if we want to spend an eternity with him, why aren't we interested in the things that he's interested in? Why do we think that like it's okay just to not be interested? And that once we get to heaven, it'll all be different. We'll be interested in it or, or Elohim won't care, right? It's like, no, like he told us all these details, everything in there. As you said, there's no idle words. It's all in there for a purpose. So uh, not, I don't want to take your thunder, but that, that kind of set me off down that, uh, that, that path right there. So um, good and rightfully so. But yeah, back, back to you. You know, uh, I had this presented uh, in as far as content. I, I got in a booth. Someone sponsored me to go out to uh, ASOR, which is uh, American Society of Oriental Research. These are all the architect geeks, you know, the, the people who are like thick into the history books and, and, and so forth and so on. So I had a booth set up there. And you know who was the most interested in, of this? It wasn't, it wasn't uh, Jews, the Christians or the seculars. It was LDS. You know, I got the most interest from them than I did from any other person there. And I thought that was interesting, you know, that uh, they, they value. And actually, I, I ran a, a video on my on my uh, uh, one of my webinars. Uh, you know, it's like a 10 minute testimonial thing. And and what is it? It's it's the LDS kids putting together the shoebox and they're excited about this and they're passionate and they're inspired and they're. And they're seeing this thing come to life and it's it's real for them and these are these are you know 12 year old 13 14 year old kids you know a lot of boys that are that are really engaged and it's like well you know we weren't men you know that we're b'nai israel b'nai is b'na, uh, from b'na b'na is, is build in hebrew so this idea of ben you know benjamin son of my right hand um we we have uh this this ben concept is is uh, that, that we are builders. And if we are not building things, you know, who and what are we? You know, just this is, I think, I, I'm hoping that this will inspire more men to say, hey, let's go and build this, you know, um, because again, I've got, I've got the plans, I've got the details, uh, and, you know, I'm, I'm trying to do a, a crawl, walk, run. Uh, my father used to say, if you don't have crawl, walk, run, you, run, you have trip, stumble, fall. And so this is why, you know, getting into the stage rollout of, of first and eighth scale you know, which is basically a two by four size construction and, um, and you know, making that this, the special ring for it and everything, um, you know, and the next, the next up a quarter scale would be, you know, that would be sizable, you know, the, the roof just shy of, of 20 feet and, and um, where you could have hundreds of people inside, you know, this is, this is part of the vision and this is part of why I'm, I'm looking for people who are inspired to, again, live out their faith. And, you know, people say, oh, I keep the feast, I keep the feast, I keep the feast. It's like, well, that's that's nice and but, you know, it's like, how, how did this go in the wilderness? This is this is why they were taken out of Egypt. It was like, let my people go so that what? So Yahagu, so so they can have a, uh, a festival to me in the wilderness. You know, it's like, that's why they were taken out. And this why that they were restored to the land. And so this is this notion of, of uh, how would I say, uh, Yahagu is, is the Hebrew there. Uh, it's, it's with the root word is Hag in there. So you hear Rob talking about Hug, you know, the circle of the earth type thing. So here we have this, uh, this notion of, of uh, the, cir the circle in the wilderness. So what do they have in, in um, uh, you know, the, the Arabs, Muslims have the Hag. You know, where do you think Hajj comes from? From Hag. Hag Sameach is Happy Holiday in, in, 
in uh, Hebrew and you know, for Jews, they say Hag Sameach, you know, it's happy, uh, you know, joyful circle is, is kind of, you know, the, this idea to revolve, to, to dance around and, and gyrate, you know, is the, is the notion behind that. So it's like, well, which is the gyrating thing here or, or there? Um, so getting into, you know, how this is, is then relating, you know, to, you know, the, uh, you were asking before about this cosmology. So I, I'm going to start with, with uh, Hebrews. And I, I, um, I was kind of trying to track down that path, but I got kind of pulled off on the not salvation issue relevant thing. But the book of Hebrews is describing what? It says that, that the, the, the priests serve at this, this tabernacle, which is, is a model of, of that which is in heaven. When have you ever seen anything like this drawn in depictions of heaven? I hereby challenge you. Google search all you want, all the, all the images. You won't find a single picture of heaven that has anything as ridiculous as the shoebox in it. Okay, so this is why uh, this, this paradigm is suddenly making more sense. Now, we also have, um, and, and I'm going to maybe uh, ruffle feathers by saying this, so the occultists, they say, as above, so below. Well, there was a certain guy in the New Testament who said, you know, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You know, so we have the, the, the lower and the upper, and you have that reflection in that sense. In this case, we have a camp. The camp has uh, Sabah of, of, you know, B'nai Israel, the, the, the host of, of heaven. Uh, you know, the, the, uh, the Abraham is just told that your, your, your descendants are going to be likened unto what? The stars in the sky and also the, the, the sands of the, of the, the sea. But, but the idea that, you know, the idea of sea also is, is very closely related to, to people. You know, so you have Yam and and, uh, and Am. Um, so Am, Am is real high, is, is, you know, people of Israel live. Um, but this this idea of the seas, and, and we see in, in Revelation the idea of the seas of, of people, everything. Um, so this, this sea thing, uh, or this theme of, of like spanning out, you know, in, in all in all which directions, it's it's speaking of a vastness. But the, the word Sabah, this host of heaven, Sabah is used of... of uh, of, of the star or, or the starry hosts and um, uh, and getting into this being the lower part and the lower part is, is the you know the sons of Israel scattered about on, on earth so I, I get into this in, in one of my webinar sessions uh, in some detail showing how this this camp relationship is is uh, with with zodiac I guess so well okay so if, if the I, oh yeah, I wanted to touch on the as above, so below thing as well, uh, because that's something I've talked about a lot on here. And, and as you said, there was that guy, I think he's in the New Testament or whatever, that said, you know, on earth as it is in heaven. Uh, and so, you know, that that's, as I point out, Yahushua HaMashiach's version as, of as above, so below, which says on earth as it is in heaven. Well, what's interesting is that there is actual uh, a line in the ascension of isaiah or the ascension of yashiyahu where he talks about right below the firmament so he, he he says that there's you know seven different uh layers of heaven or different worlds but right below our firmament so there's the dome and he's going up and he says that's where the prince of uh what paul would say the prince of power of the air that's where all the uh the evil ruakoth that the, the the dark spiritual creatures are up there fighting and kind of battling over the fate of the earth and he's, he uses a line in there, he uses the line which is almost exactly like as above, so below. 
And I think that that's actually giving it away that when they're, when the occult is talking about as above, so below, and, you know, when we get into like Freemasonry and all that kind of stuff, they're talking about, they want as above, like the spiritual realm right there, so below, which is very different from on earth as it is in heaven, which is the oh. firmament. So that's my take. That's my take on it right there, how I separate the two. Uh, I, I, you know, classify them separately. Um, it's, a re it's a reversal in language then you're saying that's uh Pretty much. So, yeah. so the, and so if everyone could, cause I, I was just thinking about this cause you had said that, you know, how it's modeled after the heavens, right. Or after heaven. Um, and so you could see right there, the, in his yurt, uh, zone, there's like the, the circular, uh, opening there. And I would, I, I, maybe you would agree with this. That's where I would place like the North star, uh, perhaps is 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 that where you would place the the throne of the Most High, uh, right there in the center? Maybe I'm just throwing that out there. Yeah, <laughs> I I, I tend to have issues with the idea of throne, and let let me you want to get my goat? Say the word mercy seat. <laughs> well, I don't want to get your goat, so I won't say that. <laughs> and so I'm I'm bringing this up as is throne. So the the, the word kasa. You know, kasa referring to uh, covering, and um, that's what I'm doing on this chair. I'm covering this chair, but there's also kippur, um, and then there's uh, kippurit. Um, so you get into the holy of holies, kippurit, um, and this this idea of the, the that which is covering the ark. You know, so if if we listen to the dare I say the Edenic um, con uh, the Edenic um, expression or, or the Edenic root. Um, th there's a guy named, uh, uh, what is it? Isaac Mosen, uh, who writes this, he's a, he's a Jew and he's going through like a, a lot of languages throughout the world and looking at these roots, the, the Babel, post pre-Babel roots. And so, you know, people realize that, that what they don't realize is we are speaking bits and bits, of, bits and pieces of Hebrew, but we don't recognize it as such. Um, you know, can and can, you know, it's like, well, in Hebrew, can is, is usually translated as yes, but it has to do with the establishment, establishing something. And so you, you have uh, can in English, it's like we're, in a, we're speaking of the, the possibility, the potential of something, right? Yes, I can do that, right? There's an enablement concept or, you know, which is a lot like establishment. Um, you know, can is denoting possibility as, as opposed to impossibility. Um, and I bring that up, we have the same thing with Kippur. So Kippur, Yom Kippur, it's a day of covering. And it's, of course, how they translate, day of atonement. And it's like, what on earth is atonement? When's the last time you use it in a sentence? You know, it occurs like a hundred times in English uh, Bibles in the Old Testament, but only one, two or three times in the New Testament, depending upon what translation you're, 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 you're dinking around with. And when I say dinking around, it's like, because we're trying to use the New Testament to define what atonement is and means, uh, we're not even considering what Kippur is, and so they're they're masking this idea of a covering, you know, and, and pulling it away. So this is getting into the same problem with with the mercy seat. So it's assumed that um, you know if he is if if the Almighty is sitting on this this thing, um, you know, there's this there's this seat. Um, how would I say this? The the um, you know, it's it's assumed that it's a chair, and if you look at um, you know, I, I guess we have a, a case of, of the Ark of the Covenant is, is like, 
you know, it's it's thought of as, as like, oh, we're carrying a chariot. And if you look at royalty, how they carried around, you know, on poles and, and it's it's literally a seat that they were carrying. And so I think there's there's that sort of thing by by a combination of, of pagans and and, um, uh, you know, cruel monarchs and so forth and say, OK, I'm, I'm a god now elevate me and do it in this capacity. So. I think a lot of the the thinking then you know becomes um, you know defined by misrepresentation and abuse and this this idea of, of the covering on top of the you know on this it's 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 more you know covering as opposed to chair you know which is the seat and again the the Hebrew word sit is is comes you know, breshit. Um, there's a guy named Seth. So Seth has to do with sit and sitting. And you can hear, again, all these, all these, uh, uh, the, the meaning of all these Hebrew words spilling out into modern English. And well, we don't even know it anymore. And so, but they'll translate using words that sound completely dissimilar. And so this is, it leaves us all batty and confused and everything. Again, I'm, I'm, I'm very opposed to English Bible exegesis for for these reasons. Anyways, it, it, you get into a lot of uh, dead ends, and and, uh, and and this is this is part of how I was able to decipher this. It's like okay, I have to surrender this English. You know, you brought up the, the Eat Like Jesus Bible or uh, not by uh, book. Um, I had to rewrite that thing so many times, and. You know, from where I started, you know, it was embarrassing as if I look back to it's like and that's kind of a rough draft thing too, right? So I'm going into this, you know, not knowing and I'm sure you, you can relate as you start to research, it's like, well, you have an understanding impression, and then you get it thorough and it's like, okay, now I gotta make a course correction and go back. Mm -hmm. You know, I had to I had to re edit that thing so many times. It took that took seven years as far as before when I started it and when I ended it, because it's like, oh, okay, I gotta redo this. And all my redos or because I was using translations, you know, we have, for example, the idea of ceremonially clean and ceremonially unclean. It's like there's there's no adjective plugged into there. Same way there's no word mercy next to seat where they're thinking it says mercy seat. So why is mm -hmm. that we're calling it the mercy seat? There's no mercy there. I'm not saying there's no mercy, you know, in, in the divine sense, but it, there's no mercy word in the text. You know, you could hen is is the idea of, of mercy. It's not there, you know, but they want to they want to do a write in. And it's like um, th this is what well, I say I get really, really disturbed by this sort of, you know, language, uh, you know, breakdown. But, uh, you know, and, and thinking of the, the cosmology side, you know, whether you are a, a baller or a, a flat person, you know, the, the dome makes sense so much more in, in both ways, because if you're standing inside of it and you've got the sunlight shining, you know, what do you see? You see, you know, patches of light flickering through. It's it's like from from our perspective is we're standing on this 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 dirt that we're, we're we're standing on. You look around 360 degrees. It looks like this. It doesn't look like this. Again, I don't regardless of, of where people are on, on their cosmology. And same thing with the within the zodiac going around. So, you know, the, the zodiac, um, you know, there's one guy who pointed out that uh, zodiac meant um, uh, zoo d arc, you know, and so arc having to do with an arch or, um, you know, this is a, back into the Hebrew again, you have the word orech. So orech is, is where we get our English word arc from. And it has to do with um, a, a measure of, of time, distance or, or space in that um, 
uh, you know, the, the fact that it can be a, something, a straight line, or it can be something arched. And so this is another case where the, the etymology, we have archery and architect and architecture and, and arches and, and um, uh, I'm thinking of, of, of other, uh, trying to think of other arch, you know, arch-based words, Art, the archdiocese, you know, they, um, you know, it's all speaking of, of time, you know, measurements, length, either flat or, 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 or curved. Uh, in as far as distances, so this is again the etymology is everything. So you you mentioned the zodiac. Does the the tabernacle that the model you've come up with play out with the zodiac in any way? Um, that's an excellent question. Um, I went nuts for a, a couple of years. Every now and again, I would I would try to reconcile and force fit. Um, now, if you start looking at Israel populations, as a for example, so. You know, there's there's a Chuck Missler model where they take the the shoebox and say, look, you know, we got Judah on the east side and this many tribes, and then on the north side is is Dan, and the south is is Reuben, and west is 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 Ephraim, right? They make the top, so, right? The the cross, right? It makes a cross, and it's like, well, look, this is you know testifying to to Messiah. You know, it's like, okay, you're correct, and it testifies to Messiah, but your interpretation with the cross is abysmal because no camp would lay out like that. You know, it's like everyone wants to be front and center. Try to try to go into a movie theater and, and, and suggest to people that that's how they're supposed to sit. You know, that they'll sit in accordance to their, their threshold of comfort on their ears, et cetera. And, and people will will swarm around the same way insects will swarm around. So this is this is just the core basics of you know, I, human. I always used to kind of snicker at the idea that when I would see, I think you said Chuck Missler, I guess maybe he was the first one to come up with that. I don't know, but the idea of the, the, the top or the cross, right. Where you have, uh, you know, all the different tribes coming out this way, the ones that went in the front, the ones that went in the back. And I was trying to like, imagine like this military formation, like these guys with sticks, making sure they're all in a straight line, you know, and marching through the, and it's like, like, I won't say there's no way, but I, I always used to find that a little bit funny. And so that was the one of the things I thought of when I looked at your model and I go, there, that makes more sense. You see the people kind of all, you know, big circular around it, right? The people on the side, the people in the front, the people in the back, but it wasn't this like military formation. It was almost like in the, um, when you see the Exodus movies, you know, like the, uh, the Ten Commandments, I guess, but, you know, they're all coming out of Egypt and you just see this long line of them, you know, just coming out with their cattle and their, their carts and, you know, everything, you know, walking out. So, well, you know, it, it's like um, the way that they'll do like campus layouts. If, if you've got an architect who, who knows how to do, you know, grounds planning and, and everything. You know, students will walk through the grass and over the bushes and, and all that. If this is the, the closest way, you know, straight line. So if they don't make sidewalks paved in accordance with, you know, human, um, you know, the fact that the, the, the shortest distance between two points is a straight line. If you're not acknowledging that in, in the capacity of, of, of grounds layout, you're in trouble. Um, back into the the, uh, the the Zodiac thing and... Uh, uh, the the so in some cases if you start looking at population so I started looking at population relative to um, you know dare I say angular um, displacement or or uh, occupation whatever so this is a, a circular thing you have 360 degrees in a circle 
or you say two pi radians if you want to express it in radians or, or whatever. So you can use a lot of different increments, percents or, or whatever. So you say, I got 602,000 male adult Israelites. So you can pump that up to 2 million, 3 million, 4 million for your, you know, uh, your, your, your children and your, you know, your, your wives and your children, whatever. But, you know, how does this, um, you know, how does this play out? Assuming they're, they're going to have a, a flat open plane without obstructions here, there, or anywhere, you know, they're going to naturally fall back into their quadrants and they're going to trend towards equidistant spacing, right? Because why should, why should Judah get more space than Ephraim? You know, it's like you want to start them bickering at each other. It's like, you get as much space as me. Um, can't have that, right? And, um, and this is why, you know, the, there's some advantage to being close, but there's responsibility as well. Levi is, is encircling around it. So think of what? Leviathan. You know, so what is, what is uh, uh, you know, Rachel say, uh, I'm sorry, what does Leah say with respect to bearing the, the third child? You know, finally, my husband will be joined to me. You know, Levi is the joiner. And so you've got this, this uh, you know, the serpent eating its tail. You know, this is the... Um, to say of a serpent, you know, Levi's not likened to a serpent, but this this idea of a joined, uh, a joined uh, organism of sorts encircled. I love how you just, I just I love how you just connected the Ouroboros to the uh, the tabernacle. That's the first I've ever heard that. Yeah, I just throw that in there. There's plenty more of that. Um, so we we have that, and we have. Um, uh, this this issue of of divisions and, and idea of division. So pakuti pakuti is is the idea of appointments. Uh, so what do you have with respect to people? Everyone's appointed unto a certain you know task in life or a mission or a um, a disposition. You know you've got musicians and you've got artists and you've got engineers and mathematicians and not everyone is appointed to the same thing. Um, you, you want to talk about, um, you know, a talent for st storytelling, go and go to Israel and, and listen to the Jews. They are amazing, amazing storytellers, um, you know, and, and getting into the media production. So it's like the you know, people say, oh, those aren't real Jews in Hollywood and this and that. And, you know, I, I can uh, I, I'm not saying that all of them are ethnically at a hundred percent or, you know, some of them are maybe even fake. I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not going to start spewing out statistics on that, which I don't have. There's, there's only the, the larger overarching concept. What do we see in, in, uh, in the, the patriarchs, you know, who, who is it that took a Canaanite wife? Well, that was Judah, you know? And so they're, they're very strict on, it's like, okay, no intermarriage. And it's like, well, you don't have to be Jewish. You can be Jewish as long as your mother's Jewish and your father doesn't have to be. And, you know, so all these these points of conflict and confusion and, and you know, I'm not trying to resolve all that right right here now. But my point is, is like, you know, Judah is, is uh, Hodu, you know, is uh, uh, Yehuda. So Yehuda comes from Hodu in, in this and uh, this uh, Todah Rabbah, you know, is this thank you very much. It's thanks. It's praise. So what is Judah really inclined to? Also praise, you know, music. It's like holy cow. If you if you listen to, you know, Jewish influence in, in music, and um, 
you know, it's really something to be to be noted. And so it's like the fact that this these people are appointed to this, you know, praise the same way that Levi is appointed to what? Encircle and join. Um, you know, they're also getting into the, the judicial side. And guess what? If you don't have justice, you have a breakdown of relationships and then people aren't joined together anymore. So the fact that they got this, you know, cruel, there's there's that, uh, you know, cursed be their wrath. They're so cruel. Um, you know, this is Simeon and and uh, Levi is, is uh, what, what uh, you know, uh, Jacob is saying about them. Right. Um, but to think that, um, you know, these are not appointed traits as well as appointed in a sense expectation. Ephraim is doubly fruitful. You know, he's got the double portion, you know, he's going west. You know, this, this idea of with the, with the cow or the, the bull, rather. You know, parah is, is Hebrew for, for that bull. So this, you know, why is the symbol for, for Ephraim the, the bull? So you get into all these these different things. So, um, you know, there's the, there's the divisions in heaven and there's divisions on earth according with the numbers. So I started looking at that. You know, what's interesting is is that, um, you know, there's the, the, the courtyard is, is 42 posts around it and um, in as far as that circle. So 42, where else do we hear this, right? Time, times, and a half a time, you know, 30 days, uh, I'm sorry, 1,260 days. Um, so 1,260 days is also uh, three and a half years is also what, 42 months. 42 you know we have how many uh messiah you know messiah is uh generations 42 you know this is this is the 314 stamp because uh when i say 314 stamp three times 14 is 42. so 42 is another expression of a circle okay so we we have all these like hints and things like that and so i was trying to figure out um you know why is it because if, if you're drawing this in a CAD, it's so annoying. When I say it's so annoying, um, 42, um, if, if we have a, a 360 degree base thing, so all the CAD systems you're working in are, are 360, you know, it's like, this is zero, this is 90, this is 180, this is 270, you know, skateboarders know all that too, very well, BMX people. Uh, yeah, you just did a 630, you know, it's like, um, as far as the the counting counting in revolutions right so if we count revolutions and we think in terms of of uh you know where where each of them are in these spaces if you look at this 42 division thing it's it's not a good clear corollary with 360. it's annoying because 42 is six times seven okay um six seven is is a prime number you cannot reduce it any lower you can't say well like six is, is two times three right so i can take the six out of a 360 and say well six times 60 is 360. and um and so i'm looking at the if the fraction reduces from 360 over 42 to um 60 over uh seven so what is 60 sevenths it's like 8.5, da, 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 you know, and I'm, I'm like plugging this thing into my computer all the time to make these these increments of, of, of courtyard posts. And then like, I'm thoroughly aggravated because it's not it's not a, a, a easy to divide and express number. But um, when you start to look at it, cause the, the, the camp comparisons, right, the Israel camp and the numbers that are given there, 
suddenly the the increments fall in line of with the seven so we got this stamp of of perfection um you know or covenant uh which is seven you know as far as what that's expressing um also getting into a revolution in and of itself you know one day of a week you know the, the week revolves around a seven day uh period so once you start to see how then they you you could basically be using the courtyard to divide up the the tribal increments and as above so below or we'll say as below so above what do we have if if the the, the stars are likened unto these creatures down low then how are the creatures up up top you know, so so this is where I think that the Greek zodiac is of lesser importance than the Hebrew. I think the Hebrew zodiac has been staring us in the face, and as we try to reconcile these other things to these other systems, I think that without the paradigm shift, you know, we'll be we'll be uh, spinning our wheels because we're we're looking at a breakdown of the Greek, which was. You know, to think that the Greeks were, were, you know, had primacy in this in this realm of, you know, you have the idea of birthstones. You know, that's another thing that that comes out of this with respect to the priestly garments, etc. So, um, but I'm rambling at this point. So, no, that's that's good. I, I I'm assuming because you had mentioned earlier gematria, and I, I'm assuming you were kind of covering a little bit of that there. But when I had talk, when I had brought up cosmology, you had also brought up the. Uh, you, you brought up a few things, numerical connections. I think you talked about that. Uh, you also mentioned, uh, I was taking notes as you were saying it, you also mentioned paleo, but uh, you'd also mentioned earlier anatomical. And yes. so I would love to hear more about, we were talking earlier and you had mentioned up the human eye. And I'm like, what are you talking about? What do you mean the human? How is the, the tabernacle connected to the human eye? So I'm, you know, I would love to hear more of your thoughts on that. Yeah, there's there's a lot of language in Hebrew that is very anatomical, and when I say that, we'll we'll go back to paleo, right? So, um, for those who are not aware, and paleo is kind of a nickname; it's a generalization; it's a little slang-like. Um, and I'm very, I'm kind of dogmatic in in a number of things, and as far as you know, having preference without, you know, concrete evidence, because you know, I'm I'm not this this this. Uh, you know, hist history master of, of any stretch. I, I'm not going to pretend I, 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 I've learned a few interesting things that I believe are true. And, you know, to say that it's anything beyond belief, you know, I, I think a lot of times it's it's affirmed through reason and relationship as far as the parallels and, and everything. But, you know, I'm not going to, you know, uh, die on a hill over arguments and some of these things. But, um, oh, I just... Uh, Oh, I just lost my my train of thought on that on the on the paleo. So go back, going back to these these paleo letters, right? Half of these paleo letters, pa paleo is is like, uh, you know, speaking in terms of 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 dare I say point of origin. So people are recognized the Hebrew script, and so um, whether it's Shabbat Shalom or or the sacred name Yod Hey Vav Hey. Um, and you know, so so some of your um, audience is, is familiar with the the alphabet that they um, that they, that you know modern Judaism is using and so forth. So that goes backwards to um, 
you know, this middle kingdom period where a lot of people, I think it, it looks like, like a YFE, YFE type, you know, in this, as far as the sacred name. And, and a lot of that is, is stuff that you can, you can scribe out by stick or by, um, by sharp thing, the same way that we're doing writing where it's, where it's easier to do that than to chisel or to, you know, carve something in soft mud or clay rather, and let it, you know, bake and, and cure and, and turn hard. So the, the question is, is what letters lend themselves best to chiseling versus writing and, and all this. So the, like the Aleph, you see the, the Aleph Tav, the, you know, you mentioned the Tav before being a cross, you know, it looks like our modern X. Um, and so how did that look in the oldest of, of the language versus the, the modern Hebrew Tav, right? So they, they look very different there. But if you look at the Aleph, you can see how the, the modern Aleph, which is a awkward letter to draw, um, came from an ox head, which was also in, in paleo just shown as, um, or in some of the paleo forms, like a triangle with a, with, with a line through it. So if you, uh, maybe I should do that like this. So if a triangle through the line through it, this is like the head, the nose of the ox, right? And then this is, these are his horns. Um, so all of those letters, if you start putting them all together, half of those letters are anatomical in their presentation. Like the hay looks like a torso with, with arms going up. Um, uh, let's see, a gimel is, is like a, a, you know, a little walking man a little bit. Um, or a foot, you know, so the idea of gimel. So this, we get our, our English word camel from gimel. And so you've got something that looks kind of like a check mark, you know, like an L or like what a foot, you know, that's, so it's, um, you know, something walking. So you, you start looking at all those, those letters and, you know, th this is something that you'll see in, in this model as well of, of like the spelling of these words takes on the shape of, of these assemblies, you know, it, it gets pretty crazy that way, but um, you know, I guess we we're originally talking about the, the anatomical. So um, the the problem with the shoebox model, this here, is is they do not consider that, and they take all these terms which are anatomical and they whitewash them, and they whitewash them uh, to a point of embarrassment and insult. And by that, I mean to say, and, and you know, my apologies in advance to your King James only or King James inspired people, um, the King James is not inspired in this and it'll take the word for uh, rib, salah, and translate it as side. It'll take the word pa'at, uh, you know, for mouth or, or, or uh, getting into like lips, um, they'll translate that as side. They'll t take the word yarach or yarachti um, and they'll translate it, guess what, as side. So the, 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 the word for thigh, the word for mouth, and the word for rib, all of those thigh or side, side, side. Ironically, the, the, the Hebrew word sadi is, is in Exodus uh, 26, 13, which is, which is where we get our English word side from. You know, that is, that is one of the, the seven different words in this small stretch of text that they, that they translate from side. So. They miss other things like head, you know, there's the, the idea of rosh, um, you know, they, there's the eye, the ion, you know, our, our, uh, our eyeballs, and this is to, to your original question, our, eye, our, our eyeballs are, are drawn. There is a letter I in Hebrew, which looks, it's drawn like a, a circle, you know, with a, with a dot in the middle. It's just two, two half, uh, maybe I should, you know, put it like this here, and then a dot in the middle of that. 
So that is the I in, the, the letter I in. And, and this is where do you think we get our, our English letter I from probably is, is uh, um, as far as getting into that that drift of language, right? So if you start looking at this right right behind me here, what do we have at the top? We have the pupil, right? So you have the pupil and then the, uh, was it Scalia? Um, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm having a disconnect at a moment there, followed by a two-part, you know, the eyelid down below and above, right? Um, so uh, I started to, you know, realize very early on um, that the anatomical was built into this. And when I started to really kind of bear down and study it, I was, I was going nuts. I, I, I was going to go head to toe. And I was, I started on a book on that. And it's like between trying to get all the images and, and, you know, I'd spent several months and I, I came up with like 16 pages of content comparing the eye to the tabernacle to you know, the human eye as far as the, the certain similarities. Um, so some of it's in function, some of it's in typology, some of it's in etymology, some of it's in arguably proportions. You know, there's just all sorts of relationships. I go dizzy at this. And this, this is why I, you know, I'm, I'm looking for other people to help, you know, partner with, with some of this research. You know, again, Project 314, um, I have in my logo again, research and restoration. So research is part of this. And um, guess what? I don't know as much about the eye as an eye doctor. And it's like, do you know how much I want to study the human body? Like this much? <laughs> so, you know, I'm hoping that, that people of, of, you know, um, of religious uh, persuasion, not only just persuasion, you know, people who are passionate to come and understand the tabernacle so then they can go and understand what? The, the, the body, you know, I say the body in this case, the eye, where we can we can bring out more yeah. of these details, because um, this side of the research is when I say it's untapped. You know, I've I've spent again where where I got sixteen pages of like, hey, you know, look at this eureka. Um, but I'm no by no means an expert on on you know human eyes and eyesight and and um, and there's a lot of other parallels as well in in different things, whether it's you know head um, head and, and shoulders and feet and hands and and um and thighs and and uh um uh, what else am i say hair there's just a bunch of different things that will grab you in the hebrew if you are paying attention to the hebrew and you'll you'll never see it in your king jimmy that leads everyone to thinking that it's a it's a 50 by 100 rectangle proportion you know which is anyway. i i tried my hand at uh being king james only I had I had like a stage in my life where like I'm gonna go King James only, and this was like you know almost a decade ago at this point. But uh, I I tried I gave it the old college try and I like joined like Facebook groups that were King James only that kind of stuff. I even joined at the beginning of the flat Earth movement a King James only flat Earth group, and they they're like. Noel, who are you trying to kid? You're not King James only. Like I'm like I was really trying, and like I just didn't make the cut. So, um, okay. So I, I asked too many questions that you're just not supposed to ask, and that kind of stuff. But you know, the I the I part really you know fascinated me because if my understanding of of anatomy is correct, I think the two most complicated parts of our our biological makeup 
is our our brains and our eyes. Now I could be wrong on that, but um, definitely our brains are very. But you know, the, the the two things that fascinate me the most about our existence is one, our consciousness, and the fact that we just we're here. We're just conscious beings, right? I mean, that, that just, I was thinking about that today. I'm just like, this is incredible. I, I was people watching today. I was just out looking at people going, wow, all these people who are walking around and conscious and make these decisions. But the other thing is my eyesight. The, like the fact that I'm talking right now, it doesn't really, I mean, it's like, you know, we all hear the wind, we, you know, you know, sound, stuff like that. But the fact that I can actually see out of, you know, through my consciousness, like that's incredible. So I was just kind of curious about that. Now, there's probably other points you want to hit on, and I don't want to distract you from that, but I do want to get to these two questions. And if any, if anybody else has any questions, please uh, ask now or forever hold your peace, sit them in, and I will ask Andrew. So the first one is from Pamela. And uh, Pamela, of course, used to be a uh, a worship leader, and so uh, back in her uh, churchy churchianity days, and this is not her question, but I know she was really interested in the idea of the acoustics within the uh, the tabernacle, the the the, flood, the fluttering and the vibrating. In fact, in your book, you show like guitar strings, and showing how uh, I'm assuming. With when they would put the flaps up, you know, uh, that it would be pulled so tight that you would get some nice um, uh, musical uh, amps in there. But her question was, uh, can you tell the dimensions of the full scale if the tabernacle were erected today? So not your, uh, you, you, you want to come up with a, a quarter scale, but um, if, you, if you actually erected the, the, the full scale, how much space or land would be needed for something like that? We know you said six stories, but how much land? So these are in, in um, when I say relative proportions. So this here and this here. So we got shoebox versus dome, right? So um, if we're using a, a football field as a point of reference, this is uh, two thirds of a football field in the uh, length. You know this this here, and when I say two thirds, I have to add the caveat. You know, getting into the twenty-five inch cubit. So twenty-five point two is is what I'm using in this. So you've got uh, multiple cubit standards, and the Egyptians were were uh, big on this um, as far as having uh, interchangeability of, of dimensions in multiple cubits. So it, it, you have the the royal cubit, you have a sacred cubit, and then you have a common cubit. Common cubit is, is typically thought to be 18 inches. I want to say that the um, uh, is it the sacred is is uh, is the one that's 21 or 20 20 21 inches, and then the royal being 25.2. And I use the royal for a number of reasons. And getting into this issue of, of dare I say case study, feasibility study, um, credibility study, as as well as um, you know, David Flynn uh, wrote a book called Tenor, Temple of Center of Time, and um, he, he brings a lot of interesting things. There's like occultists, I want to say John D. He's, he's quoting some of, of that. But what's interesting is, is you know, um, Exodus 25.2 uh, is, is where we find the, what, Ark of the Covenant. So I'm talking about the idea of Ark. 
and it's not called the Ark of the Covenant in Hebrew one bit, uh, but it, it does talk about the orech, the length of this of this thing. And so where is that? It's 25.2 in scripture. So the Egyptians had what primitive inches, which are almost spot on in, in, the, the inch we use to this day. Um, and if you look at how, I used to believe that that the, um, the Egyptians were, uh, you know, between that correlation with the primitive inch and then also with a foot, um, you know, there's there's clear evidence that the ancients were using feet in um, in megaliths in, in in designing their megaliths. So you start looking, it's like, well, why is it we see this this conical shaped uh, earth, you know, massive earth formation with a flat plane, uh, you know, round, uh, you know, round top on it, flat top, and you, you start looking at all these structures. When I say structures. They weren't even uh, structures. These are earth formations that the ancients left behind. And um, there's a guy named uh, Carl Monk uh, who's who's got this video called The Code. And, um, you know, this is something like bad presentation style out of the 80s, out of VHS type thing, but a lot of profound uh, correlation. So he's he's showing how all these, these things um, are expressed in feet and the math works out if you're if you're um, understanding that the feet that these are marking the latitude and longitude relative to the Giza pyramid, and so whoever was building the Giza was it was also aware of all these other places on Earth and using Giza as the center of of this you know the, this grid structure this 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 uh, geography you know measurement tool. Um, why am I going there? Um, uh, the cubit size, and so I used to believe that the the feet were, um, you know, was was an ancient and more ancient thing. Well, I've seen this this other thing since where they're saying the 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 you know everyone says oh metric is is based on water, right? And it's like isn't that great that the weight of, of something a liter is it weighs a water weighs a kilogram and and two point two pounds and so forth and so on. Um, but if you if you look at that, they were saying that the uh, I think there's there's something like K twenty seventeen or twenty nineteen pyramid. There's some YouTube video that that gets into the the, the measurements and the metrology of, of all this stuff. And so um, one thing is is interesting is the Hebrew word for raindrop is meter. You know, it's like well, what does that sound like? It sounds like meter a lot to me. And so this idea of metering is is also the idea of measuring, right? And, and you got an electric meter on inside your house. Um, and so this this idea of of the, the raindrop being foundational to uh, the Egyptian unit measure and quite possibly still having origins in in Hebrew units if the size of the raindrop of, of, of each drop of water is is ultimately the same as far as how much it'll it'll be like one centimeter per per raindrop is if you drip it out of something like that so um, I've, I've kind of shifted my view saying that that actually the what we think is the metric system is actually the the most the ancient one and it's it's based on water and it's based on and, and it seems to be that there's a possible bible correlation with that and then the, the issue of the cubit then again what is your cubit standard what's your reasoning behind that and that's part of it that 25.2 um so it, if it's 225.2 uh, inches per uh per uh, per cubit that turns into uh, like 210 or 212 feet diameter as far as and so a football field is 300 feet long you know which is um 100 100 yards right 
Uh, so it's two thirds of a football field is, is what that's occupying. All right, so there's a conversation going on right now. And because I had mentioned the acoustics and Crystal uh, kind of made a, uh, made a comment that I'll kind of turn into a question. She said, she said, wow, I haven't, I haven't thought about acoustics before. And then she said, you would think that the animal hides would deaden the sound. But the idea is, is but maybe if it was pulled tight, uh, would it make more like a kind of like a, a drum? What are your what are your thoughts on that? Like what to, when you think about the the they're pulling this these hides up over this great distance, uh, you know, and what is it going to sound like if you're on the inside? If you were to walk in, what what can you expect of hundreds of people maybe singing or chanting or you know so on and so forth? Yeah, so, so let me just type right uh, right. So like a speaker, um, I had. Uh, after someone saw the picture of this on uh, on Rob's show, it's like uh, I got a text from someone. It's like, wow, that looks just like a speaker. Um, so, so it's interesting that that's being brought up again. Um, now, the um, uh, the issue of the drum, the drum comparison um, is very uh, it's it's noteworthy and uh, it's functionally speaking. Um, so, if you're putting together a bookshelf. And you're putting that up you unless you're spending a lot of money on a bookshelf you probably have a real thin membrane on the back uh, a th when i say membrane it's a thin um it's like a, a really cheap it's it's beyond cardboard but it's not quite wood right and on the backing of that bookshelf Noel, is that what you have um okay well yeah so my no mine is a well <laughs> It's uh, it's actually for vinyl records, so it's actually hollow all the way through. There's no back end, so okay. it's just it's like these boards that go across with these yeah. boards that come up you know, like throughout, you know. Yeah. So yeah. it's I think it's um, it's uh, eight eight by four. That's how that's how tall it is. Eight by okay, four, but, but it has no backing. And, and it has so no backing. Right. So if, if you ever put together a bookshelf that has a backing versus no backing, you know, usually when, when you have those things laid out or laid out on the floor, you can you can see how they want to twist and flop. Right. And that's because shapes that are parallelograms are not stable. Right. It's, it's when you have a triangle where where it becomes very rigid. And in the absence of that, you, you could take a square shape. Um, that has, you know, joints on it that you can try to reinforce all you want. But if you put a, a flat membrane on the back, you know, that's the equivalence of, of what we're doing with the tavern. And, and that cre creates such a stiffness in resistance because it's it's like having a cable go from corner to corner. You know, if, if you've got a square and then a cable's going here, a cable's going there. And that's why that's so, it becomes rigid at that point. Um, not because the square is a great structural shape as far as its 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 resistance to, because again a square will become a, a rhombus or a um, uh, you know parallelogram as it's as it's fold and wanting to fold and collapse. But you put a backing on that, you know, with a few simple tacks, and suddenly that thing it's like it's not going anywhere, right? Same thing with with a membrane on the on this structure. You know, it's like a one hand. Um, you can you can look at the the frame construction, and um, you know if you don't have it reinforced with 
with uh, you know that leather with that with that wall, it will not be nearly as as rigid. You know, it still is strong enough to to stand and do the job. Um, but what that that leather adds in its in its structural you know rigidity is is to the point where you know you could probably hit this thing with a tornado and and well I you know a tornado but exactly you get my point you know as far as the amount you can of get you can get you can get quite a windstorm and it's going to hold up right right so the way that it's 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 omnidirectional and it's wind resistance the way that it's um, that way that it sheds wind you know on one hand the the wind is stronger at the at the higher the higher elevations but at at the bottom you've got you know that that courtyard around that buffets the first batch of wind and, and causes that to go turbulent where it's where it's more uh, when I say more flat so you get wind and it's coming over and, and boom it, it kind of hits the wall then after that it, it keeps on sloping up and curving right um, so so that's that's one side of it now um, there's also curtains down below with with this model and the the curtains then um, you know in Hebrew the, there's a word yiriot. Yiriyah, yiriyot. So yiriyah is in the singular, yiriyot is in the plural. And the way that those, the, the paleo letters match how these things are coming together, again, is, is a very interesting corollary. But um, the the way that it's translated in Hebrew is like the idea of tremulous hanging is is the way the um, that the Hebrew, um, it, it, what it's conveying. And if, if you look at this, this idea of ruah, um, not ruach, you know, with spirit. Um, although there's there's two letters uh, closeness on that, but you've got uh, the idea of yom teruah, which is what the day of blowing. And so, what are you doing with the blowing? You're you're. It's not just blowing trumpets; it's shouting. It's a day of shouting. And this is where some of the Strong's mappings aren't always the best, as far as the the Hebrew that it should be relating to. So, if you look at yiriot and you look at the spelling of it, the root. Is really, I think, more tied into this this idea of of the the, the this ruah, which is what well, it's ultimately vibration, whether it's a tongue on a trumpet, or the the vocal cords on on the throat, right? So if it is, if that's what's making the noise, so on these, you know, you are tensioning those those elements all the way around. Um, there, uh, in in Hebrew, the the way that it's described is ma'asach hashav. Kashav has to do with either weaving and or thinking, because when we're we're thinking, we're weaving ideas together, right? We're stitching things together. But this this chashav, ani choshev, I I think you know is is the chashav um, is is referring to thinking and thoughts, um, and so these curtains are literally a, a cunning work. Is the way that it's it's an artistic work. You know, people like to say, oh, isn't that pretty? And it's like, well, let's go before that and say, first, isn't that functional? Isn't that brilliant? And then admire its its beauty, which is otherwise arguably much more subjective, right? So if these are a thoughtful work, it took me several weeks to figure out how these curtains really went together. I mean, I got the the, the gist of it, but as far as down to the thread, down to the, you know, the, the cords of it all, it, it took me several weeks to uh, say, well, how is it that these things would really, 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 really be designed? And it's because why it's a thoughtful work. It's, this, is, this is engineered hardware. These curtains are engineered hardware. And um, I know if you, if you look at like art scroll commentaries, I want to say either Rashi or Ramban, you know, they had nothing to say about the first 13 verses 
of uh, of at least they they didn't have it in art scroll in, in as far as in print. It's just a big. It's crickets. And, and why is it crickets? Well, they start on the frame first. It's like well. The Bible introduces curtains first. And so what do you do when you go camping? You first lay out your fabric. You, you lay out your tent and say, where, where am I going to put this? You don't start putting in stakes right away. You don't even start with a frame, right? You, you lay out your fabric and then you put your frame inside of that or, or you know, work with that. So same thing in the Bible. And we are, um, we're given, yeah, it's, it's technology in the wilderness. This is antiquitech. This is what we got here. And, um, the economy of language is, is just brilliant. I mean, you, you start looking at this and it's like, you know, who could have thought, you know, wh why does it matter if there's 20 of these and, 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 and two of those and, and six of them? <laughs> it matters. And then you start putting it all together and it's just like, like this is just brilliant. You know, it's like, this isn't, this isn't my design. This is, this is interpreting that which is brilliant for what it is and this is part of why i think it's so important to build you know build these things it's like this is a testimony this has been an embarrassment this is this is a, a broken religion right here it is broken it is messed up this is restoring people want to go back to torah and we say oh we keep the feast but you know a feast consists of what like a meeting you're gonna have a meeting with your boss what do you need you need your boss you need you you need a time right um you need a date and you need what a place the place where he puts his name that is the place where he puts his name well this idea of name is is uh okay yeah well no, this is the perfect uh i, I wanted to jump in here because this is the when you said a broken religion restoring this is the perfect uh uh segue into the the next question i actually asked you something pretty similar last time and you gave a fascinating re uh, response so uh, some time ago daniel asked uh, it was kind of a statement slash slash question and he said i'm not saying that your model is wrong but why could it be that they didn't follow the same model in the temple built by solomon and then of course we see with the second temple herod's temple so what is your response to the the different temple with solomon and then herod's temple versus this dome structure in the wilderness i do not believe that herod's temple and and solomon's or dare i say david's temple were the same and i think that if you look at it we'll, we'll just say um ezra's or nehemiah you know nehemiah was kind of more building the wall but the um uh zerubbabel you know, it's a Zerubbabel, Zerubbabel. Okay, so Zeru um, having to do with seed and then Babel having to do with confusion. What happened when they returned to, um, to the land of Israel? Why, why did, uh, you know, uh, Nehemiah, he was, he was like pretty perturbed. He says like half of these people are speaking the language of Ashdod. You know, they had all taken on foreign wives and everything. So it's like, half of these people were, were not even Hebrew literate Hebrew literate anymore. You know, a lot of these exiles who returned. So what's going on there? What, what do you see going on? The, the young people are, are going hip, hip, hooray. We've got the temple foundation. Oh, the, who, who, who gave them that orders for that temple? Oh, that was Cyrus who funded it. You know, it was funded by foreigners and the plans, the dimensions of it were given to a foreign king, a, a foreign pagan king who said, you know, he, he was known for saying, 
you know, there's a lot of people who think that he was operating under divine inspiration, but you know, his point was like, I want you to go and pray to your God for the king and, and all of his sons and daughters and people and subjects. So was he a pantheist where he's like, okay, let's try all the gods and we'll try the Israel one too. Um, I'm not going to make a strong case on that because I don't care that much. Um, but uh, getting into this idea that this, this design did not come from Yehudim, not, not from the returning Jewish exiles, and they were Jewish at that point. How many of them? 42,000? 42, hmm, we've seen that number before somewhere. But, um, so these are the people who are, who are building, and, and specifically they're released back to the land so that what? So they, they could do sacrifice. And um, this, this, uh, this notion that they built it according to the, the Cyrus plan, like as if it was better, but what did it say? You know, don't, don't think of this as, you know, don't, don't despise the day of small beginnings. And he said, well, the glory of this house will be greater than that of the former. You know, it's like, why? Because if Messiah was walking in this in, in years to come, you know, is, is that the glory of that house? Or is it the fact that they were running over the whole trans-Euphrates region? They, they, had, they had command and sovereignty that was well beyond the borders of what is, is uh, geographically is Israel at the time. So, you know, what is that, that supremacy in a sense referring to? But you know, what happened is, is the young ones said hip, hip, hooray, and the elders did what? They wept. You know, the, anyone who had been alive at the time of Solomon's temple, or, or again, I, I call it David's temple because David thought of it and he funded it. Um, and it talks about how David got that plan, you know, from the way that it's, it's translated into English. is like that the spirit had put in his mind. But if you look at that in Hebrew, it really sounds like that David inferred it by deducing it from the scriptures, of the, the Torah. So I think that David actually had one of these things um, when he built, uh, when he's lamenting the fact and saying, oh, I'm living in a palace and, you know, but the, the uh, here the, the poor Ark is sitting in just a tent. You know, he's, he's kind of lamenting because he's, he's, he's got all the money in the world. When I say all the money in the world, you know, he had amassed like over $100 billion worth of gold. Okay, so he can pretty much do whatever he wants. And he's got all these these foreign nations paying paying tribute to him and so forth and so on. So this is this is where Solomon got his bankroll from. It just came from Daddy, and so David's like, okay, well, I'm not going to build, but my son can. And so if if you listen to what what it all transpired, what did you have happen? He says, um, you know, I am. Uh, when did I ever say to my people, uh, who, people who shepherd my people Israel, uh, to build me a house of cedar? It's like. David, this is your idea. This isn't this isn't the Almighty. He's like, well, okay, well, if this is what you really want to do, then then do it. You know, it, it's kind of that's the the, and it's a roundabout uh, consent. It really wasn't uh, it wasn't a matter of divine preference to to say let's replace the tabernacle with the temple, because because where what what crept in at that point dispensationalism, and so people want to say, well, the temple is greater. The tabernacle we had for a while, and the temple is greater. And that was neat for the wilderness. But guess what? The, the, the tabernacle lived 100 or 480 years, outlasted the temples, first temple, second temple, uh, outlasted each of those. And so to think of this as being an inferior desert structure and associated with, these, with, with lament, this is you know, associated with the days of the judges where, you know, on one hand, everyone did according to, you know, what they saw was, was, was right in their own eyes. You know, but there's also a liberty and a freedom with that that didn't last long after between David, you know, Saul, Saul, David, and Solomon. You know, Solomon is, is where it really went.
the wheels fell off the cart, you know, when he died young and, and, uh, you know, he had knucklehead son that, that, uh, um, you know, was, was saying, well, we'll just tax these people to death. And, and, um, you know, so Judah took on too much ascendancy. So you have modern, modern Jews just dreaming say, oh, we want the temple. We want the temple. And this gets into eschatology. It's like, well, is, 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 is this what we ought build as opposed to that? And when I say that, you know, where does it, where did he ever say, I want a temple made of cedar? He didn't say that. You know, it, it's never said that way. But we have very exacting dimensions. Build it like this. And then and then there's a record and they built it like that. And make it according to the pattern shown what? In the mountain. What's the pattern in the mountain? Well, we've got this thing that sits on ten pillars. Hmm, ten pillars, ten commandments. What do we got? What should we want? Why did Solomon dismantle this? I think Solomon's a picture of Antichrist, to be honest, but uh, with this income of 666 talents of gold and, and being, you know, dressed in his splendor and, and so forth and so on. And, you know, eventually taking on, on the foreign wives. So you're not the only one I've heard that from. So to sum this up, it seems like this is an ongoing lesson in life that Yahuwah has given us our instructions, how he wants us to live, instructions in righteous living. Uh, we call that the Torah, the first five books, of course. You know, it, it's, I, I remember how uh, Rob Skiba once phrased it. It's like if you go uh, rent an apartment, you, you know, you, you get a lease, you know, you, you got this contract and you, you got the, all the rules in there and you sign it. And if you don't read it before you sign on to it, you know, you might get in a hissy fit if, if the landlord comes and kicks you out or whatever. Uh, some places it's a little bit harder in California. I think you can legally squat in there for a couple of years but, and not pay any rent. But whatever, you get the point. Uh, it's like he's got these instructions in there. This is what I want. And nobody seems to think. I mean, you have an excellent point. Everyone's like, I can't wait for the third temple. It's not just the Jews. The Christians as well, right? They're like, I can't wait for the third temple. It's going to happen, you know? And it's like, well, but, <laughs> but we've got the instructions right here. This is what he wants, right? If, why not just build the tabernacle? So uh, that's that's a question I had for years. Why, if they have the tabernacle, why did they switch to the temple? Where are those instructions? It's not, anyways. Uh, now, this is probably a good as, time, as good a time as any to, to kind of, Close shop. Is there? Uh, we've been going for two hours now at this point. Is there anything else you wanted to? And Daniel, thanks you for the answer for for giving that. Is there anything else you wanted to add before we um, close workshop for the night? Sure. I guess I'll just replug uh, project three one four dot org. Um, that's the website, um, and uh, my emails on there, and phone, and and so forth. Contact info. Um, we also have uh, getting into the, the books, the Peshat. So, you know, I have everyone, you know, jumping up and down and saying, oh, look, it's the firmament, the firmament, the firmament. And they're, they're looking at this from a distance. And um, getting into the idea of Korban in Hebrew has to do with, uh, is what we get, Karav Maga, right? This is the close touch, you know. So Karav, who wants to draw near, you know. So drawing near to the tabernacle, I think, is what we... Uh, should be thinking in terms of and getting into, we want to restore the feasts. What about restoring the place where he puts his name, you know, and, and everyone thinks it's like Jerusalem. There's no mention of Jerusalem in the, in the, uh, in the Torah, you know, as far as the, but there is this place and that place again in the center, he's like, I will dwell, dwell in their midst, but toch 
is is the Hebrew on that, referring to this this thing, because he is in the center of it, and they're all around it. So, um, the the idea of of restoring everyone wants to say, I I keep the feast, I've I've returned to, you know, I'm going back to the ancient paths and ways, and it's like, but everyone argues about Leviticus 23, but really hasn't given Exodus 26 its fair shake. Um, and so getting into again restoring the name. Restoring the presence, restoring the identity, the uh, the reputation. Um, I think this is key in, in a lot of these things. Restoring understanding, um, and so I, I do have again uh, you know, books on uh, my website and on Amazon. I got workbook, PowerPoint. Um, I have uh, uh, you know hardcover, softcover, you know books where I'm very very thorough on on all these details. So everyone's thinking, you know, it's like. If you have no understanding, you have no witness, you have no, and people say, well, I think it is because I heard this guy, he's an engineer and he knows this stuff or whatever, and it sounded really convincing, but without a grassroots, with a knowledge base in this, this is, this is what I need, uh, this is what I think that we need to help restore this, because restoring this, there's so many dimensions to, you know, true, this is, this is a, when I say a re religious revolution, in my opinion, waiting to happen. And um, the same way that the exiles came back, it's like, well, you know, what they did is they, they built their own houses with the supplies they got from Cyrus. It's like, that was kind of the, you know, uh, first they built an altar, they sacrificed, and it's like, well, let's build our houses. And it's like, well, then in between building the wall and when did they really complete the, you know, the temple, you know, it's like, what do we put into our own houses uh, relative to the house of the Almighty here? So, uh, again, I think it's fitting to be speaking of this in, in, in the ninth of Av. And, and um, so I'm looking for, you know, uh, I, I have a webinar. Again, I'm, I'm looking to, to probably run that again. I might do that kind of soon. Um, but I have recordings that you can get on my, my website on that. Um, and so just, uh, again, financial support, uh, assuming we're, you know, I'd like to go forward and, and move, uh, start up a, a larger building project. Um, it takes a number of things to, to make that happen as far as people. And um, when I say people, you know, woodworking types and, and uh, you know, I, I, could, I could do it with one other guy that I've been working with a little bit. Um, but there's, you know, there's no, there's no shortage for, for skill. It's like, um, the fact that I'm, I'm, I have uh, multiple, uh, you know, skills and capacities doesn't make me proficient by any stretch of the means, any stretch of the imagination. It's like, okay, I can fumble through this and 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 make it, but it, it'll take me six times longer than anyone else. So, you know, looking for, uh, you know, people to help uh, facilitate this this next build and and uh, just present ongoing, you know, operations and things. This is. Uh, a lot of time to put the, the research together, to put, you know, slides together, to put, uh, you know, I, I've got, uh, again, some of this, this teaching content that I just, I haven't released to, you know, John Q. Public and, and everyone in the, uh, because there's there's some, as far as drawing near, you know, if, if, the, if the idea of sacrifice is, is abhorrent to you, then, you know, why would you want to see a tabernacle? Why would you you know, but it's like he says to, to Solomon after Solomon says, hey, I've got this grandiose place. And when your people when your people sin, you know, may they return and 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 um, and pray towards this place. And if you see that that phrase again and again, and they pray towards this place. But the response that Solomon gets, he says, I have heard your prayer and I've accepted this as a place for sacrifice. 
And so, you know, we think of it as, oh, the, the temple is a house of prayer for all, all nations. And it's like, well, that's true. And that's that's part of part of Solomon's thing. But praying towards the place, it was never a prayer antenna or magnet. And it's it's the idea of you know, praying to the one who is, you know, theoretically occupying this this place. And so, you know, people build churches and all that. The churches are are what they're they're for housing the people. This was always for for, you know, housing, you know, the, the presence of the almighty. You know, this is this was his his thing. So. So his, uh, someone asked, uh, Jody asked the name of your website and it's project 314. Uh, that's dot where org. people dot, 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 org. Dot, org. dot org. That's where you guys can go get in contact with uh, Andrew uh, to volunteer your help, your time, your talents, uh, as well as uh, help support financially, physically, financially, his ministry and get this project going. And one thing that in the several phone conversations I've had with, with, Andrew Hoy, and uh, one, one of the, the themes that comes across a lot is kind of what he just uh, insinuated was this idea that, well, I'll say it from my perspective, because I grew up, you know, in the eschatological worldview of Christianity, where everyone's really anticipating this, you know, this third temple, and they're, they're so excited by this idea that, you know, in their lifetime, the temple might be built, but it's like, is how many of those people are actually interested in, like, as Andrew says, they see it from afar, right? They, he, he said, I, I think you said like 10 minutes ago that they see it from afar and see the firmament or something like that. But but how many people actually want to go into it and, and sacrifice and actually get closer to the most high and live a set apart life, right? That's, it, that's where people start to like kind of drift off. Like, you know, they're not interested in that. They're just interested in the idea, but not actually what it's the purpose of it which is to to walk the narrow path, live a set-apart life, get closer to the Most High uh, in a very holy, sacred place. Uh, and that's where, of course, the road gets narrower and narrower and more densely populated, obviously. So uh, I appreciate you, Andrew, coming on. And this went way better tonight than last time. Uh, this is how it should go every week. And so I appreciate your uh, willingness to come back and your patience and... Um, and you know, obviously, I, yeah. So thank you for that. And we're gonna close. Uh, we're gonna close tonight's sh uh, shalom for the last time, everybody. We're gonna reconvene over in the general voice chat. You guys can come over there, and you guys can all talk with Andrew, and he could answer all of your questions. And of course, you can stay, or you could, as long as you want, Andrew, you can leave. Whatever, whatever you'd like. That. Uh, good night, everybody. All right. Good night. Thanks. Thanks much, uh, Noel, for hosting me. And uh, thanks for everyone for listening and considering a uh, different perspective on this thing here. So.